Let's go out and meet them. At least we can be part of the debrief. How did it go? Did they say? Very well, apparently. Seems we are superfluous after all. Two days later was a Friday. With all the aircraft returned to their respective hangars, 844 Squadron stood down for the weekend. Standing down traditionally started in the bar for happy hour, and today was no exception. John and Brian were propping up the bar in time-honoured fashion and watching the rest of the squadron officers in an embuncular way as the level of noise slowly rose. I must be getting old, Brian. Some of my guys look like they should still be at school, John observed as he looked around the throng. Tempus fug it, old chap, came the slightly slurred reply, or something like that. Who would have thought that you and me would be allowed to be in charge of a squadron? Poachers and gamekeepers spring to mind. John grunted acknowledgement. Oh, by the way, I had a phone call just before I came over. Apparently the powers that be liked our little demonstration the other night, and so we get to keep said squadron and her role of taking out the bad guys. I should bloody well hope so. I wonder if we'll ever have to do it for real. John looked thoughtful for a second. For God's sake, don't repeat this, Brian. But I do wonder if it would work against someone who was properly prepared. There are so many things that could be done to make it just about impossible for us to get close enough. Yeah, but we're not meant to be going up against clever sods, are we? Brian was about to continue talking when he realised that his friend wasn't listening. His gaze was fastened on something over his shoulder. He turned and looked to what was engaging John's attention, and wasn't surprised when he saw three Wren's officers walking into the bar. Two he immediately recognised. One was from air traffic control, and the other was the staff officer of one of the other squadrons. But he didn't recognise the third, nor apparently did anyone else in the bar, as all heads turned as if they were on the strings. It was quite clear the newcomer was aware of the effect her entrance was making, and she didn't seem to mind one little bit. "'Jesus, John, she hasn't got her legs on upside down like most wrens,' observed Brian admiringly. Tall and very slim, even under the rather long regulation black skirt, her legs disappeared upwards to God knew where. She was blonde, with short curls around her ears, and the rest of her hair tied up. Even from this far away her deep, dark blue eyes could be seen appraising the room. Brian turned back to John, who immediately turned away and looked back over at the back of the bar. "'Come on, mate, I saw you drooling, just like the rest of us.' "'Not me. I've given up women for Lent.' "'John, come on. It's almost a year now since we got back from the Caribbean. You've got to put it behind you.' Brian could see his friend's lips tightening at the remark, but he ploughed on. "'Life goes on, you know.' John's face was set. "'Thank you for the homely advice, but drop it, please, Brian. When I decide I need female company, I'll make the bloody decision myself. Oh, and it certainly won't be over some self-centred tart who is clearly in love with herself.' Neither man noticed it, but the three girls had just reached the bar next to them, and John's words had obviously been overheard. The new girl flushed bright red, and an angry frown appeared on her face. It was clear she was about to say something when one of the other girls whispered in her ear and pulled her away. Brian turned and caught the end of the exchange 
and immediately worked out what had happened, but it was too late. To groans from some of the men present, the three wrens left the bar without another word. Chapter 2 1967 The Sinai The two boys were playing outside their house when their father came striding up the dirt track from the little village. They both looked up as he approached, and he tussled their hair in an offhand affectionate manner. Uh, boys, one of the goats has gone for a walk again. Will one of you please go and find him? Before they could reply, he went into the little house, clearly expecting to be obeyed. Karim looked at his twin brother Khalid. You go. I had to find one yesterday. Khalid wasn't going to agree. Yes, but I had to carry mother's washing today, and you did nothing. Karim's look of determination was mirrored almost exactly on his brother's face. They were in all